Welcome to Hyperdive, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Josh Morgan, and each week we're going to be taking a deep dive into a galaxy far, far away. We're going to be talking about all the latest news from Lucasfilm, movie reviews, and hopefully entertaining analysis of the greater themes of the Star Wars saga. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, episode one is entirely dedicated to Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm going to be sitting down with my friend Riley, and we're just going to break down the movie for you. The first 20 minutes is going to be spoiler-free, just our impressions of it, so feel free to listen to that if you haven't seen the movie. And then next week, we're going to start a series where we look at all of the films in their released order, starting with A New Hope, and we're going to break down all of the spiritual themes that are held within, everything from the Force to Fate and Destiny. We hope you enjoy this episode, and that's it for my intro. So Solo came out. That's a big deal, right? (laughs) Another Star Wars movie. We're going to talk about it here. Uh, First 15 minutes are going to be spoiler-free. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can still go ahead and listen, and then um, you can just stop at the 15 minute mark, and then after, everything after that will be full of spoilers. So make sure only spoilers. Yeah, only spoilers from then on. Um, so make sure that you see the movie first, and then come back and listen to that. All right. So with me, I have Riley, Riley Roberson. What's up, Riley? Hey, I'm doing good. That's good, man. That's that's really good. Um, so we're gonna talk about Solo. Riley, what do you think about Solo? First of all, I feel like the no spoilers part, I'm uh, like, in order to not say anything about them, I'm thinking about all of them so that I don't say anything, but then at the same time, I'm thinking about all of them, so I feel this like This could I'm be really funny. Just yell one. <laughs> this could be really, really funny. I'm just kidding. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought um, I was scared because I think I went into it with all the context of like, they kept changing directors and mm-hmm. uh, I was super nervous that it was going to be mm-hmm. bad. And so for the first like... 70% of the movie I was like oh no this is really bad <laughs> yeah and uh like you know how you if you go see a movie and uh not everybody's all on the same page like not everybody's uh-huh. like as much of a fan you know and if you're more of a Star Wars fan and you're watching it with someone who's less of a Star Wars fan mm-hmm. they're probably gonna be like looking at you the whole time like you really like this like yeah. especially if it's a bad movie right so I was just like oh no this is bad this is bad this is bad but then about about 70% of the way through I started realizing like wait no, this is actually really good. Mm-hmm. And it kept taking turns where I was 70%? like, 70%? Oh, yeah, I, okay. I was scared most of the time. Wow. So 70% of the way in, you were like, oh my God, I have no idea. This, yeah. Is this good? Yeah, is well, I just good? felt like, um, I mean, some of the stuff that you would assume that like, especially stuff that's in the trailers, like Chewie mm-hmm. and Lando and like the Millennium Falcon, um, things that you know they have to introduce. Mm-hmm. I just felt like all those things were really rushed. Yeah. And so I was like, oh no, they're just going to like hit all of the Han Solo beats and then yeah. be done. And I was like, yeah. this is going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. I was nervous about, I was nervous about like the really cheesy tie-ins. Like I was nervous that, um, they're just going to have these really like almost prequel level. Cause the prequels kind of had those weird yeah. cheesy tie-ins yeah. where they would tie things into the original trilogy in a really weird, awkward way. But they didn't do that. Like I felt like throughout the movie they had, uh, they used tact when they were like introducing those things that you knew, um, 
like certain elements about Han Solo's character. I was nervous that there was just going to be um, just scene after scene after scene of like original trilogy references and like, oh, here's how Han got his pants. Yeah. And here's how Han got his vest. Yeah. And here's how Han got his hair. Like, right. I was nervous about all that, but they didn't do that. It was. No, yeah. So not all of it was that straightforward. It was. Yeah. yeah. There was maybe one scene. We'll talk about that later. There's maybe one scene at the beginning <laughs> that was a little bit like, uh, a little cheesy. Right. A little bit. Um, uh, it definitely better than the prequels, though, in terms like, because you. Obviously, it's not ideal to make the end of a series of movies first and then try to work backwards. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the plan. But uh, the prequels didn't handle it well at all because it was like, oh, here's this. Yeah. You remember this from episode five? Well, this is why. And you're like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. (laughs) It's so Uh, bad. But then I feel like there was kind of a... Like Force Awakens, they didn't have to deal with as much of that um, because it was newer. Uh, But Rogue One, I feel like was... If there's like an ideal or like an, the the epitome of having to fit between like rock mm-hmm. and a hard place in terms of other movies that are already made, it's like, mm-hmm. well, wait, like this this one fits between three movies on yeah. the other side, and uh, you know, none of the characters in Rogue One mm-hmm. are in any of the original trilogy, so mm-hmm. they all have to die. Yeah, kind of. So yeah. it's like <clears throat> it, that one. I mean, it I kind of proved you could fit a movie into something really difficult. And it, where everybody knows what's going to happen and mm-hmm. still make it a little bit suspenseful and yeah. like enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. The only problem I had with Rogue One was when it, when Dr. Afizan and Ponda Baba, the guys in the cantina yeah. in A New Hope, just walk up and they're in Jetta and they're like, hey, look out, watch where you're going. And then Jetta like blows up. So I'm like, did they get out? How did they like what what is going on here? Um, but yeah, the that's that all stuff that that went really well. What do you think about? Let's just start with the characters. So what do you think about Alden Ehrenreich's performance? Uh, he seems weird. Like, okay. I like I like it uh, o- overall. Uh, but I, I think it's because, you're, it's why, again, you're coming into it not like fresh, like you, you haven't seen anything Han Solo mm-hmm. related before, and then you see it. I feel like if that were true, then it, uh, we'd be working with like a clean slate, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this guy's cool, and like mm-hmm. uh, kind of like – subtle and funny and right. like doesn't take anything seriously uh but com- it's not true you're coming out of like harrison ford han solo mm-hmm. and so the whole time you're thinking about him you're thinking like is that something he would do like is that yeah. something harrison ford would do in this situation sort of thing so i feel like i was kind of you're kind of working at a deficit because yeah he, not only does he have to be a good character in general but he has to like live up to yeah. like someone who's already like pretty iconic mm-hmm. uh, but overall i thought i thought it was good i thought like the he wasn't too jokey. I think a lot of people say newer Star Wars movies are bad because they add too many jokes in. Right. Uh, but it seems like like the things that he wasn't taking seriously, and when he would like kind of make a comment about something mm-hmm. that that was happening during a serious moment, it seemed like that was like something yeah. Han Solo would do. Yeah, I thought he was super charismatic. Like he was, I really liked him. Like honestly, I thought Alden Ehrenreich was um, extremely charismatic. He was fun. Um, I felt like he. He kind of nailed the. There's Han has like this insecurity in the original trilogy, like he's he's secure, you know. He thinks he's really cool, but there's also this like underlying like kind of insecurity about him where he's always trying to prove himself, or always trying to be mm-hmm. um, something. And I like I feel like he nailed that. He he had this kind of swagger about him. He felt like Han Solo. He might not have necessarily felt like Harrison Ford, but he felt like Han Solo to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that like lines up but i thought he did a great job 
And my favorite part about the whole movie was the relationship between him and Chewie. I thought they like yeah. nailed that. Yeah. Like we don't even have to talk about Chewie because Chewie was just so. Um, I I felt like Chewie was just perfect. Yeah. Like, what do you think of Chewbacca? Yeah, I, I I didn't know anything about like origin story mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it just seems like uh, he, yeah, like he was kind of his people oriented toward other right. Wookiees, which makes sense, uh, right? But at the same time, was like pretty logical, loyal. Like, um, oh, it's in it, it's in my best interest to stick mm-hmm. with this guy, and then at the same time, he there's some decisions that he makes that are just like for himself, and some decisions that he makes that are for like kind of at at the expense of itself for Han mm-hmm. Solo, uh, and it, it just makes sense. There's no decision that he makes throughout the course of the movie that I was like, why did he do that, or like yeah. why would he do that? Each decision that he makes, it's like, yeah, I, I think yeah, he should for sure. Or I would do the same thing if I were you know from Kashyyyk mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so what about, so I've heard mixed things about L3, the droid character. So without spoiling anything, how, what are your feelings on L3? Uh, she was cool. Like, uh, I think they're out like, man, I don't know how to, how to explain this. Like, it seems like they've been using droids to like push mm-hmm. this kind of like, uh, add like human commentary Mm -hmm. in without it being a human so that it's kind of like a neutral point of view right it's where you're like like oh this is just a robot takes a little bit off the sting off yeah Yeah. so they're they're trying to make some like uh like contemporary point um through a robot's point of view Mm -hmm. so that it is this like third party like hey i'm just looking at everything objectively and this is what i see you know and then then you can make like jokes about like Mm -hmm. the way that people work outside of the star wars movies inside of the star wars movies i think they did that well i think uh i wish she had more time because i feel like you would have maybe like heard her out more or cared about her more yeah if if she was actually in more of the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that might be the only thing that Mm -hmm. i have a problem with yeah my thing is yeah the only thing i have a problem with is it feels like and I'll have to wait for more Star Wars movies to really judge this, but it seems as if now, like, they're putting droids into these movies, and they're, like, a certain type. Does that make sense? Like, you had K2SO in Rogue One, um, who was, like, the sassy, you know, companion, sidekick. Mm-hmm. And then L3's a different character. Much, like, I felt like she felt much more human. Yeah. Um, but, and I think I liked her a little bit more than K2SO. But it still is like worrying me that they're just gonna plug droids into that kind of like sassy sidekick role continually, yeah. and like they're gonna be kind of the same version of. Yeah, it's kind of it seems weird because it seems like like R two was just a regular character. R 2s MVP. Yeah, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like uh, he just had his own storyline in the yeah. original trilogy and like had his own motives and mm-hmm. like acted in his own accord. Right. Uh, then it seems like there was some transition to where like. Uh, the robot from Interstellar, Tars. Remember, yes. <laughs> remember that robot? Okay, yeah. Where yes. it's like he's de- he doesn't have a huge role in the movie, uh, but he just kind of like plays off of Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar mm-hmm. in a way that you're like, oh, I'm learning new things about Matthew McConaughey's right. character because of this robot. Yeah. And the robot really doesn't matter. Like it helps. And there are certain mm-hmm. parts of the movie where you're like, oh, that's good that the robot was there. Yeah. Um, 
but not like R2 where he has his own like motives and plot line and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it seems like droids now are more like Tars than they are like R2 mm -hmm. and they're more like, uh, Oh, just kind of a foil to, to help you understand like main characters better, like, right. like Lando or, or Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they just kind of like play off of them mm -hmm. and they don't really play like a, a huge, huge role. They definitely play a role, but not a huge role yeah. in like the actual storyline, like R2 taking off Death Star plans, the whole yeah. tr original trilogy. Yeah. You know? And R2 saving everyone's butt, like, yeah. in every <laughs> single movie. Yeah. Yeah. Best R2 moment. No, never mind. Never mind. Um, so, moving on, we're going to talk about Tobias Beckett. He's, like, Han Solo's kind of mentor figure. What do you think about Woody Harrelson? It's cool. I think that, that might be the most... So, Woody Harrelson is good, mm -hmm. and the character was good. And, and like, I, I thought overall it was good, but when you when I was thinking about what they were trying to do, that kind of felt prequel-ish. Like, okay. that kind of felt like, hey, we have Han Solo in the original trilogy, and we have this kind of origin movie, so yeah, all the ways that Han Solo is, we're going to try to, like, tie it back to, like, he had some mentoring mm -hmm. relationship where he's kind of, like, mm -hmm. mimicking him or, like, looked up to him in some way. And that, yeah. that was the most, like, prequel-ish thing. It wasn't bad, okay. I don't think, but to me it was, like, them really straightforward trying to explain like okay. hey, this is the way Han this is why Han Solo is the way that he is. You All know? right. Did you like him? I liked him. Yeah, I liked him. I really like Westerns though. And he had a oh, kind of yeah. a Western feel to him mm -hmm. um that I I felt like worked really, really well. I felt like he um he just seems like this guy who has not everything together because he, he doesn't, but he seems like he had, he's a guy with a plan and he always kind of has a plan and he's always moving forward. Um, and he f honestly feels a little bit more sure of himself than Han Solo ever does. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's true. Like, even in the original trilogy, um, I feel like Han Solo is trying to be like Beckett, mm -hmm. but he's not. He can't. Because he it's not him. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to be like this guy, but he can't. He's not that guy. He can't mm -hmm. really be him. So I felt like that worked. Because yeah. if they had Beckett be just like Han Solo in the original trilogy, like have this, you know, uh, more redeeming qualities. I feel like that that would have made me frustrated, but because they made him so like steadfast yeah. and so like he he is what he is, yeah, I feel like it worked really well. Yeah, because then it makes Han Solo out to be like, oh, he's aiming at something that he's never gonna be, right? Because it's not you know, but right. but Beckett is actually that thing because mm -hmm. that's just who he is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, if you had to if you had to classify it, it's not using like Star Wars terms or. Um, like as an origin story, like a genre of movie, what mm -hmm. would you say this is? You said like it was like like a western. I f yeah, man. Like there, it's kind of like an orphan story too. Mm -hmm. Like it's weird. I there's parts of it. So me and my wife watched American Tale, uh, like last weekend, which is like a coming to America story. You know, um, have you ever seen American Tale? No. Oh my god, bro! Come on. <laughs> We're gonna stop. Come on, it's an animated movie. This. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so that story is a coming to America story, and this kind of had parts of it that felt a little bit like that. Um, Han Solo trying to like get out of a certain type of life and escape. I'm trying not to like spoil uh, plot points, but yeah, had a little bit of a, that kind of feel to it where he's like trying to make something of himself. Um, and I really liked that. But then there's also, once you get into the later part of the movie, there's this m massive Western undertone yeah. that just kind of seeds itself in the whole movie, which I love. 
Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of westerns. That's how I felt. It was kind of like gunslingerish. Yeah. Western kind of like heist. Yeah. Even like the music a little bit. Yeah. Felt a little westerny. And it, I think that's that might that might have been the best way to go because mm-hmm. if in the Star Wars universe there are like three factions, and at this point timeline wise it wasn't as developed because mm-hmm. it was I mean pre rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like rebels. There's Empire, and then there's this big gray area of, like, scum and villainy that are right. just kind of, like, trying to make it on their own. Like, the right. the dude from um, The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. Benicio Del Toro's yeah. character. Yeah, DJ just like, or whatever. He's like, I've helped him, I've helped them, and mm-hmm. neither you know neither of them are actually good sort of thing. Yeah. And that's where I think Han Solo is supposed to be coming from, mm-hmm. is that kind of middle... Just like kind of out to like make a quick buck and then mm-hmm. go to the next job sort of thing for sure. Uh, but then it it if you imagine like a western to be like, here's this outlaw that's just kind of moving city to city and he shows up in a city and he uh, sees that that city has a problem and they're like, hey, you know, we're really in trouble mm-hmm. and we need your help and these people are coming. You know, yeah. That that's really what this movie felt like. We could talk about that more. Yeah. Later. No. Yeah. It's yeah. I'll, there's so many things I want to talk about. Um. All right. So wrapping. I think the non-spoiler part up. What do you think of Kira, and then what do you all, what do you also think of Dryden Voss, the oh, the bad guy? Gosh, I really love Dryden Voss. Yeah. He's so good. Paul Bettany's just a great he, actor. Yeah, and he's, he's so great. like I think not only is he there are some villains that are just like outwardly scary because of your mm-hmm. like pure like brute force like yeah. like Thanos is like oh man you just wouldn't win a fight against this mm-hmm. guy he's just so strong sort mm-hmm. of thing so he's like intimidating in that way but there then there are some villains like Dryden Voss that are just like. It, they just make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you're because he the whole time mm-hmm. like what he's saying is not like oh brute force man if you don't do this mm-hmm. i'm gonna hurt you sort of thing yeah and he is he is saying that but it, it, it's so much more subtle yeah than that and so much it, it was very much so reminiscent of like a gangster movie like like goodfellas or like um the godfather yeah. where there's these bad guys <laughs> yes. there's these like bosses and like you know, they they seem like they want to be your friend, but if you really upset them or you make them angry, it's like you don't oh, want to yeah. be anywhere like near them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I love Dryden Voss. What did you think of Kira? She, uh, she probably played that gray area role better than Solo did. Not to mm-hmm. say that it was like... Um, the, like the actor's fault or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just kind of how they're written in. But I, I, I think she, like... She had a really tough job to shift loyalties a ton mm-hmm. and, and in the moment you really leave thinking like what did she actually want and like right. who is she actually for and who is she actually against and mm-hmm. i don't know if that is intentional or not but it seemed like she was she was her her character was really good about like um it seemed like her motive was changing constantly yeah and she kind of uh foreshadowed that with like facial expressions and body language the whole time mm-hmm. and you're like wait no like yeah she did a really good job be, with that she could be saying something but you don't believe her just because mm-hmm. of the way that her face looks or something like that yeah. and you're like wait i don't i mean i have no yeah. reason other than the way that she looks right now to not believe her for but sure for some reason i don't for sure and it kind of worked on that um because she's the love interest of han throughout the whole movie i think that that's been in the trailers and stuff yeah um so it, it kind of worked on this like indiana jones type level hmm. where in, in every indiana jones movie has like a different um, there's a different love interest mm-hmm. and it kind of worked on that level. And she also played this like noir style, um, female character that is, has like this dark side that you don't really understand or know about. You can't ever really fully trust her, but she also has like this, um, giddiness to her at points in the movie that I felt like were kind of, um, not misplaced, but 
it was it just kind of felt like honestly i i could go either way because the first time i saw it i thought okay i don't know that might be misplaced this giddiness that like i feel like she's supposed to be this darker character and she feels a little like upbeat Mm -hmm. and then the second time i saw it i thought um that it kind of added depth to her character Mm -hmm. you know like kind of thinking about what she's going through it's like she there's still this like kid from corellia in her that it's still there, like whenever she meets Han and interacts yeah. with him, it, it kind of like awakens that a little bit. Yeah, I don't it's know. Kinda, it's kind of like uh, Winter Soldier with Captain okay. America and Bucky, yeah. where where he's like, "Bucky, you remember everything, right?" And right. Bucky's kind of like, "Yes and no," and yeah. like I'm kind of confused and torn because it's like I kind of know where I came from, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of brainwashed and I kind of have different motivation mm-hmm. now, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, what do you think about the movie overall? I think it was Closing good. I haven't I haven't thought enough about it to like yeah rank it yeah for <laughs> or sure like fit it in for somewhere. sure. I, I'm definitely in the uh, my normal movie phase is like mm-hmm. literally don't think about it at all like block mm-hmm. it out completely until the day of the movie and then mm-hmm. be pleasantly surprised and like oh that movie comes out mm-hmm. today <laughs> yeah uh, so that I don't like dread the wait yeah uh, for sure I I see the movie and then I go on a deep dive to figure out what everything meant mm-hmm. <laughs> like on the mm-hmm. internet so I haven't I saw the movie. But then I didn't do the deep dive. So mm-hmm. I, this is all just like totally my opinion and mm-hmm. I haven't like thought enough about right. everything. Yeah, um, we'll get into some of that in the next section. I think I thought it was good because like I was saying earlier, I went into it thinking that it was going to be really bad mm-hmm. and I even spent most of the time in the movie thinking it was bad. Yeah. So I, overall, I think I'm, That's like, interesting. I'm like, man, this was really good just because mm-hmm. I'm surprised. But mm-hmm. it, I, it probably wouldn't break like top five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still thinking about it. For me, though, I feel like this is what I want out of the standalone movies. Yeah. It really, it felt really good, and they did a great job of referencing prequels. It, it felt like it was in the Star Wars universe. They did yeah. a really good job of that. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any complaints. Like, I, I don't have any idea where I'm going to rank it. It's not going to rank anywhere above, you know, in my top three. Yeah. It's because it kind of, it's lacking a certain spiritual aspect to it. Like, it's lacking it, that kind of force. Yeah, and it doesn't have to, like... I think what you're saying is like it's a good standalone movie mm-hmm. and the stakes don't have to be like exactly in, yeah. the, in the universe. Some of the, the better ones are like, man, if they don't do this, it's over. Yeah. And that, that's what kind of makes those good. But it's better if the standalone movies aren't like mm-hmm. Han saved the universe and right. then Boba Fett exactly. saved the universe. And then like, <laughs> yeah, Air if so it was like that, if it tried to have the same stakes as more of the um, saga films, I would have been very upset. Yeah. So I, this is what I want out of the standalone films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it a lot. I still don't know where I rank it yet, though. I'll probably have to see it a couple more times. Yeah. So like five or six more times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we are gonna this this is wrapping up our non-spoiler section. We went five minutes over, uh, twenty-one minutes, six minutes over. So yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, tune out now. Go see the movie and then come back later. All right. <laughs> okay. Spoiler time. So Darth Maul's in Darth this movie. Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Maul's in this movie at the very end. Riley, what were you thinking when you saw oh, Darth gosh. Maul? I, I had no idea. I know you were, you were saying this, and, and I'm sure other people that are that were way more in tune with what was going on mm-hmm. were, saw those legs first and were mm-hmm. like, Ooh, maybe this is, you know. Mm-hmm. But to me, it wasn't until he took that hood off, and I was okay. like, what in the world? Yeah. I, like, all, all of, like, 
timeline wikipedia references right. like prequels i was just like when is this and yeah. what's happening and i can't remember every line darth yeah. maul said in the prequels if he had any lines uh-huh. <laughs> yeah like, he like i was one just or two. trying to figure out like like what he's like crime syndicate and mm-hmm. is he part of the empire does he mm-hmm. like is he rubbed the wrong way yeah i was just like mm-hmm. oh man what what is happening so you, you have you you've never watched the clone wars have you no i haven't yeah so in the clone wars tv show um, I can't remember what season, man. I'm going to sound like an idiot here. Um, but around, like, later in the seasons, like, I think it's four maybe, maybe three, Darth Maul comes back. And he's like, um, it's really, it's a really weird episode, but he has these spider legs. And he's, like, living on this trash planet where he got dumped after he fell into the Naboo. He, like, fell into a Naboo trash compactor, basically. And he got shipped to this trash planet where he, like, survived purely off of his hatred for <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, which like it seemed goofy at first. Right, yeah. yeah. Seemed goofy at first. And then when you think about it, it's like, um, it. I mean, Darth Vader this is like a really good example where Darth Vader absolutely should have died. And he is also right. fueled off of his hatred for yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and so he Man, survives. Off, what a jerk. Yeah, for real. What a, what a jerk. Um, so he survives off this hatred for Obi-Wan, this like dark side energy, and you find when you first see him in the Clone Wars, he's crazy. He's gone absolutely insane with just hatred. And then slowly over this like six or seven episode arc, they start to kind of bring him back and they start to they give him these new legs and they start to um, like repair his mind. And then he becomes like this um, driving force of vengeance against Obi-Wan. Hmm. And then like in later seasons, he comes back again and he's like leading a crime syndicate and it kind of leads into those things. But I was, it's interesting because, like, I haven't talked to anybody yet who hasn't seen The Clone Wars about it um, and didn't know that that happened. Yeah. So, like, what was your, like... I didn't consider that at all. Like, yeah. there's some, I mean, there's some, like, uh, oh, it's Han Solo. I know mm-hmm. they didn't show it in the trailers at all, but they're probably going to do a Kessel run. Mm-hmm. or they're, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, some things you go into it thinking, like, uh, oh, this has to happen, this has to happen. Yeah. And, and then the next list of things is like, this might happen and mm-hmm. these characters might be in it. He was mm-hmm. not nowhere close. Oh, like I was same with me. Like as somebody who's watched, yeah. who's seen the Clone Wars, like, not in a million years. Yeah, I'm like maybe Jabba the Hutt, like maybe, yeah. you know what I mean? And not like, you know, young little Jabba mm-hmm. the Hutt where he's only like 6,000 pounds and mm-hmm. not like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, Darth Maul, I was just like, Oh my gosh, what, what is going on? I was yeah. like super trying to pay attention the rest of the time. Yeah. Because they, they were talking about um, the whole movie, they were kind of like Dryden answers to somebody else. Like Dryden has another boss. And I was thinking about who that could be. And I thought, like, maybe the Emperor? Yeah. Or maybe they're going to introduce, like, another bad guy. Like, maybe this will be, like, a sequel thing. Like, yeah. where they, like, but um, not in a million years that I think it was Darth Maul. But when I saw the robot legs, I was like, okay, that's. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> this is Darth Maul. Um, okay, so there's that. We got that out of the way. We had to yeah, get that out of okay. the way. So I think we need to just like now just break down the movie mm-hmm. going forward. So starting off, the, how did you like how they did the opening crawl? Because there's no opening crawl, but they have like the little text. Yeah, I, I, I like that decision. Standalone movies in general that, mm-hmm. that don't have the like they, yeah. they did. They did the uh, long time ago, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't do the, the text. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like. So do you like that decision? Yes. Okay. Cause then it, cause it, it, it kind of frames it to be like, this isn't a big episode yeah, it's movie, different. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that. The only thing that I miss is the music. Like I wish all the yeah, music dude. was there. The feeling of an opening crawl in a star Wars movie in theaters is yeah. just like the best feeling in the world. Uh, but, uh, it, 
it, it was cool. But I, mm-hmm. I, I like the way that it started. It yeah. seemed like it kind of dropped you into the world and explained yeah. a lot of stuff visually before you. Yeah. And it sets it up. It's like, this is a lawless time. You know, yeah. like th- those things With like that. With the same font. <laughs> yeah. Lawless time. And it sets up this um, this dynamic going on in the streets of Corellia where these orphans who mm-hmm. don't have any homes, they're coming to this lady called Lady Proxima, I think. Yeah. And they're basically exchanging like work and thievery or something yeah. for a place to live. She's and like a mini mob boss. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think about Corellia? I think that was good. The it, it was a lawless time mm-hmm. and showing all of the all of the characters that are just trying to again, like they're just kinda out for their mm-hmm. own good and, and just kinda like consuming what's around them. Um it, it frames that kind of what we talked about earlier, the um that gray that big gray area. Especially yeah. like pre struggle between Empire and Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh if if there is no order then obviously it's like a it's almost like an order vacuum where yeah. like somebody's gonna jump in and, mm-hmm. and, and bring order to the mm-hmm. to the to the galaxy. And is it gonna be the Empire in a really tyrannical way or is it gonna be the re- rebels mm-hmm. in a really like good way or like a republic in a really good way? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have all these people in the middle like Han Solo and all these kids on Corellia that right. are like Man, we we're, we don't have the authority to be able to do anything, and so right now I just kind of have to like stay alive yeah. somehow. Um, and so I, I think that really drops you into like exactly who Han Solo is is like mm-hmm. not very wealthy, doesn't have a lot of influence, and mm-hmm. and really is just kind of like making decisions that are best for him in the moment. Yeah, he's a survivor. Yeah, yeah. So I loved it. Like I've heard certain things. One of the main things I've heard of people coming out of this movie is that they don't necessarily like Corellia. They think the movie moves a little weirdly in that. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of people have problems with Pro- or with um, Lady Proxima. Yeah. I almost said Proxima Midnight, like from uh, Infinity War. Black Order. Um, yeah. So, but I think a lot of people have problems with that. I loved this whole opening sequence. It hmm. felt very like, it had this Oliver Twist yeah. um, style to it, like Orphan Story. Um, when he has the grenade. Yeah. It's just a rock. And yeah. She's like, that's just a rock. Yeah. It's just like, like fun little exchanges. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the character design of everything in this. I like the whole design of it. Like, I've heard a lot of people be like, we've waited this whole time to see Corellia because it was like mentioned back in A New Hope, mm-hmm. the first time it's ever mentioned. It's the first time we've ever seen it. Um, and a lot of people are like, we, we've heard about Corellia this whole time and we just see it's like a dump now. And I've, I liked yeah. it. I, I, I mean, no, no planet, like, I know some of the planets on Star Wars are extreme where it's just like, this is ice planet, the whole thing's ice. Right. Like, this is a city, city planet, yeah. the whole thing's city. The whole thing's you know? jungle, yeah. I don't think every planet has to be that way because every, like, sure. if you just think of any in any city, it's like, there are nice parts, there are bad parts. It, yeah. It's not like a homogenous thing. That's, that's what I got, thing, yeah. Because you know? they're saying that, they, like, they call it the controlled zone or something mm-hmm. and they have to escape the controlled zone, him and yeah. Kira. Um, so, yeah, the, I got that. It was like, this this really crappy part of the, of Corellia and they had to like get out of it, but it's like controlled by the Empire. Yeah, and it, I mean it's everybody. it's also a ton of this like iconic Star Wars ships are made there, mm-hmm. uh, like Corellian Corvette or yeah. like or like YT thirteen yeah, hundred for like, sure. They, the, those are all made there. So if you can imagine what it would be like, uh, I, I guess like maybe the closest analog mm-hmm. would be like a some city that makes like a ton of cars and, and Detroit. it's just like yeah. So yeah. it's just like. They there there's a lot of like factory, a mm-hmm. lot of workers, a lot of like for sure people in parts like just kind of roaming around that for are sure. all you know what I mean. And, and mm-hmm. I thought, hey, this is kind of yeah, just kind of like the slums on a really heavy manufacturing planet. It's like this is yeah. kind of what it yeah. It, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So um, Han Solo starts off with him. He's on the run. He's hiding from people. He ha- he has this 
speeder first off which the speeder was dope that's cool i love yeah, the speeder absolutely. so he's hot wiring this thing like real hot wiring it it's like like an actual car hot wiring um steals it he is hiding from people he goes away he he parks it in an alleyway gets out goes in this building you're like what's going yeah. on he's like looking for someone obviously it's yeah, funny because so there's a bunch of kids in there yeah like little not, kids not nearly yeah. as close to them as so i'm like age. is he like the one that like has has like refused to leave the nest like is he like yeah is he like well you you mentioned it was like it kind of felt like an orphan story and mm -hmm. and to me it was like yeah that that seems like just terrible like mm -hmm. orphanage type thing where it's just a bunch of kids that have to be there yeah uh, and he was like on the very very old end kind of in for sure a way that's like you're about to age out of this and you have to do something mm -hmm. uh, and he's like man what am i gonna do and he has these plans i thought he was i thought it would start with him trying to get away yeah and so when he parked and went back into the place i was like what are you doing you must right. you know you must be like looking for somebody or something right like that. right and did you notice like all the little kids that are sitting there playing or something or they're looking at all of their scrap that they got and yes. um they're what one of them said something like oh this will give me like a quarter portion or something like that kind of tying in uh, with the ray and force awakens thing yes which, where she was trading in parts yeah which was a huge thing for me because um kind of going to the force awakens really quick there's this look that han solo gives ray in the force awakens that when i first saw it and when everybody first saw it um it's when they're first flying into takodana to see maz Kanata's castle and Ray is like, oh, I've never seen this much green in the whole galaxy, right? <laughs> and, uh, and Han Solo gives her this look that's like kind of knowing, or at least I took it as knowing, right? And I always thought that it had something to do, before I saw Last Jedi, you know, I thought it had something to do, like maybe Han Solo knows something more about her. Mm -hmm. But after seeing this movie, I feel like they did a good job of kind of tying Han Solo and Ray together yeah. in a weird way, where honestly her story is like pretty similar to his story. It's probably more similar to his story than it is Luke's story, honestly, because she's enslaved. You know, she mm -hmm. is um, she has to scavenge for things in order to survive. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of has to do the same thing in order to survive in the streets of Corellia. Mm -hmm. And Luke, I mean, Luke has a, you know, he has a family. He has a nice home. Like his yeah. dad's not there. His mom's he's not there. But he upset. has <laughs> parent figures. Yeah, he's just upset. He wants to get off. And yeah. she's like kind of enslaved. So. For me, um, I feel like that kind of connected the bridge and added a lot more depth and like meaning to The Force Awakens almost, mm. uh, which I love The Force Awakens already. But just that relationship between Han and Rey, I felt like they added a lot of depth in that area. Did you get that at all, or like? I didn't. I, I mean, now that I think about it, now yeah. that you pointed out, I'm like, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Like, it, since, um, yeah, it seems like they're playing with that with Force Awakens and Rogue One and mm -hmm. this movie, where it's like. It's not just a happy-go-lucky kid. For sure. That's like, oh, man, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. Oh, I want to fight for the rebels. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and it's not like a it, kid who's enslaved, it's but like, is like the happiest kid in the universe. Yeah. With <laughs> be, between, yeah, between, uh, like Anakin. Between Ray and Jin and and Han, mm -hmm. it's three people that are kind of trapped. Yeah. Uh, just like systemically, like mm -hmm. that's just what they grew up into this this thing where it's just like we d we didn't really have any control over the, yeah. the position we're in. And also, we don't want to be part of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. um, but then they end up coming anyway just because of, like, For exterior sure. influences. For sure. Uh, so, I, yeah, now, now that I think of it, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that to that totally is there. Yeah. And, and it also reminds me of the little kid at the end of... Uh, of Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, yeah. where, where he's, like, looking up and he pulls the broom over. Yeah, like, it's Wait. interesting <laughs> because, like, you think about it, um, I really like how this movie makes you feel the Empire without the Empire being... Um, the main villain because that would have been terrible 
yeah. but it makes you feel their presence because which is probably how the characters feel too yeah like, for sure not, yeah like you feel them in everything that happens like they influence all of the characters they're either stealing from the empire yeah. or running from the empire or something like that i also like how it, it doesn't it doesn't beat around the bush in terms of like is the empire good or bad mm -hmm. and some of the other movies are like we're bringing order to the galaxy and right. there's really subtle like oh darth vader just choked someone yeah yeah uh, but in this movie it's like no they it enslaved mm -hmm. Kashyyyk, they mm -hmm. like terrorize these people. They're killing these people, sort For of thing. Sure. And it's very clear, like they For are sure. the bad guys. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a thing that they're they're playing with in in Solo is, is mm -hmm. like, are you a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. And he's like, neither. But they're like, that's not an option. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I really like that. And it's interesting because like Han and Ray have nobody looking out for them. They're mm -hmm. orphans. They're living like. And people say, I feel like one of the criticisms this one of the criticisms this might get is like, oh, another orphan story, or mm -hmm. oh, another. You know, coming of age story in Star Wars, which first off, those are usually just kind of the best stories. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you kind of have to have an orphan story because it's either Han Solo is going to be a super wealthy guy yeah. who's in good with the Empire, mm -hmm. or he's going to be an orphan living on the streets and trying to survive because there's really no yeah. middle ground with the, like a regime like that yeah i don't know um, i was really hoping you know upper middle class family yeah, upper and middle class little han right blue collar han yeah. solo he finishes high school and steals <laughs> his dad's millennium falcon <laughs> yeah he's the he's the high school quarterback yeah. <laughs> oh man um but yeah like luke had people looking out for him like luke yeah. had obi-wan looking out for him mm -hmm. leia had everyone looking out for her yeah. and so you kind that kind of makes it make a little bit more sense of to why Luke had a little bit better yeah. of a life. And with, yeah, again, with Ray and Jin and Han, they, the, the people that are in mentoring relationships mm -hmm. with them also want something else from them too. For sure. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad. Like if, if it is this lady Proxima person, then For it's sure. like, uh, she doesn't actually care about Han. She yeah. just wants what he, what, what'll bring him or like, um, yeah. Saul Guerrero doesn't like, he does absolutely does care about Jin, but at the same time he's like, Mm -hmm. uh, and also I want you to do this. Yeah. He's a, know? he's a bad father figure. He's like, like she, he left her something in a battle and she's like, yeah. you left me. He's like, but yeah. because I care about he's like, you. You're stronger now. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you survived. Right. Yeah. I'm a good dad. I'm a good dad. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really liked all that. Han Solo goes into the thing. He finds Kira. Um, and he, he shows her, he says like the exchange went bad. The deal went bad or whatever. I escaped got a speeder and he shows her this vial of i think it's called coaxium yeah that coaxium yeah hyperfuel because so this is like, like it's lawless and everybody's trying mm -hmm. to get like uh there are two lowercase ones it was like food or food whatever. and like fuel or whatever yeah the, and then the last one all caps was hyperfuel yeah hyperfuel <laughs> so like, right so i assume it's like hyperspace fuel right yeah. so last jedi introduced the idea of fuel mm -hmm. i think into the star wars universe I think so. Yeah. I think it was the first one that, like, the first movie that introduced the idea of fuel and being able to run out of fuel, which was a massive plot point in that okay, movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. uh, like, like, the rebel the rebel fleet, or the right. resistance fleet, sorry, is yeah. running away, and um, they're running out of fuel. Mm -hmm. And so then in this one, they introduced the, the like, actual substance of hyperfuel, coaxium or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I feel like Lucasfilm is just kind of setting all these things up very subtly. Which is good, I yeah, think. Yeah, where it, it's just some like, although it's a completely different story, there's yeah. some little link between yeah. the two where you're like, oh, I've seen that before. Uh -huh. Or like, I see how important that is. And in, in one of the things that, not an issue, not a massive issue I had with The Last Jedi, but I felt like it was a little sci-fi, mm -hmm. like a little bit, it leaned toward the sci-fi end on some some points of it. 
Um, but like, then it also had like hard sci-fi, like, yeah, we're not going to be able to go. This yeah. Distance oh, they tracked us with hyperspace. The, yeah. yeah. So, um, I was like, I don't know about all that. Not that I'm like fully against it, but in this one, I felt like they managed that well. Yeah. Cause it, it, it felt more, it felt less hard sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. we need 10 gallons of fuel to be able yeah. to get away and, and more like fantasy. Like yeah. it, it has been mostly where it's, it's like, it's this like kind of magical. It's super magical that yeah. you're like, Oh, everybody wants it. And, yeah. and it's if really poorly defined and Oh, just a drop of it. Yeah. It's literally go, you know, the vials are just like a, a yeah. little tiny drop of it. I do like they, they showed like whenever he's getting sucked into the mall thing mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, we could use that fuel and he's like no mm-hmm. we'll destroy it and he's like but mm-hmm. just a drop of it you know mm-hmm. and uh and it shoots him out it kind of shows like the power of just one drop of yeah. that stuff and why it might be so valuable especially right. if, if you're thinking about an empire with all the ships that you know an empire has that are mm-hmm. way 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 bigger than the one yeah you're and they, they make that reference a lot where they're like this could power a whole fleet of star yeah. destroyers and so you're like you're yeah. like oh okay i see why that's valuable i see yeah. how powerful it is and stuff like that but they do keep that fantasy element where it's like this stuff but, is ridiculous. It's uh, yeah. poorly defined. Like, oh, yeah. I just you know, just a just sure. a, just a squirt, and we For can sure. get halfway across yeah. the galaxy. And it explains, you know, away all this stuff. Yeah, but it's, um, yeah, I like that. I did like how so he starts with the vial. Uh-huh. He ends with the vial. It's not the same one, but he yeah. uh, like he starts and he's like, hey, I think uh, I think about I that. have some motivation. Uh, and this is this is kind of my way out, uh-huh. and this is all I have. Like like it's kind of made out to be. I have this like speeder that I have to hotwire that I stole. Otherwise, I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. But I have this file, and there's like a bunch of value in it. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of this like hope oriented. Like this is my way out. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie goes by, and then at the very end, um, Infant Stess gives him one vial right. after they take all of it, and he's like, oh, okay. And again, I don't have anything mm-hmm. except now Chewy. And yeah. uh, this is like it. Like if there's sure. a, if there's a next step for me, it's because of this file. And it, it just kind of like ended how it started. I like that. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's an awesome observation. So um, he has a vial. He gets caught by aliens. And they're like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing, Han? Yeah. Yeah, like we know you didn't escape without anything. So then they take him to Mother Proxima or Lady Proxima or whatever her name is. Mom. Um, and she, the room that it's in, I really liked. It kind of had this like, I don't know, old school '80s movie vibe to it. Yeah. And I think she was practical. At least she looked very practical. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if parts of her were practical. Maybe her face wasn't. Um, yeah. But like the effect of the alien was like really cool. I thought. And she's like this weird worm, like kind of I don't even know how to describe her. This weird worm thing that kind of yeah. pops out of the. Kind of look like a centipede, but like yeah, a water centipede. Exactly, yeah, like a water centipede. She pops out of this pool that's in the middle, and she starts. Now, here's I. Mm, there's a little bit of an issue that I have with this. Okay. She starts speaking English, <laughs> basic, right? Yeah, yeah, like, and it sounds weird. She's like Han Solo, <laughs> like it's weird, <laughs> it, like it, that. I feel like they were trying to make it out to be like Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you could have just had her do some alien language, and it would have been. I feel like it would have yeah. been fine for me. But it's not that big a deal. Um, the, so I always, whenever we run into a boss like that, especially someone who's like probably in power by force, right? I'm always my head always goes to like, how, why does everybody respect her? Like, exactly. why, why is everybody afraid of her? Sort yeah. of thing. Like, is she just so like so again like to yeah. use the Thanos and the Black Order? It's like, oh, obviously those people are subject it's subjected yeah. to him because he could kill them otherwise. Exactly. Sort yeah. of thing. He's powerful. And, and I didn't have that feeling with For her because sure. it, it was just like get like get a little sunlight on her and then you run away. Yeah. You know who else I've always had that feeling with? Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. So like, what, I, what it's kind of a Star Wars do? thing, though. Yeah. You know, it's like how, Jabba the Hutt can't even freaking move. <laughs> like, we've never seen him move. Yeah. And there's no, like, Leia killed him. 
with a chain, just like in the easiest manner possible. Yeah. I guess it's just like I have enough money to hire people to fight. Yeah, me. yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like a Star Wars thing, which yeah. that's that's no big deal. Um, so, anyways, Han pulls out a rock after Kira, you know, saves his life, and we kind of mentioned like he's trying to get out with Kira, which I think is a big deal because it shows he's not just trying to escape by himself. He like wants to help her too, um, cares for her. So he pulls out this rock, total Return of the Jedi reference. Um, he goes, <laughs> clicks it with his mouth, pretends like it's a thermal detonator, and is like, I'm going to blow us all up. Um, it was a little goofy, but I kind of liked it. Yeah. It's like Han's an idiot. He's a probably 16-year-old idiot. Um, and then he, there, no one's buying it. No one's buying his crap. He throws the rock at a window. Window shatters. Sunlight comes in, and it starts burning Proxima which is interesting. Um, she dives into the, into the thing. Him and Kira run out. They escape. And then we get an amazing, what I thought was an amazing speeder chase. Yeah. It was so cool. Like, yeah. just the way it was shot, and it looked so good. There was one shot where they're, like, weaving in and out of boxes, and it's, like, one take. And the camera's, like, following them on the other side of the boxes while the speeder goes around the other, one side yes. and the camera goes the other way. And it just looks so good. Mm -hmm. um, like... The special effects in this one were great, but right. that, I think, was the best, most shining moment of it. That was one of those things that kind of felt like uh, we're, again, long, long ago and far away, uh -huh. but we're going to do things that are very familiar to For you. For sure. So it feels like just like police chase. Yeah, it feels that, like a that, car chase. That you yeah. know, uh -huh. uh, but with all of it, like, like speeders mm -hmm. and on a planet you've never been to before mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it's like why do I feel like I've been here before? Yeah. And also, why do I feel like I'm just getting introduced to this? Yeah, for sure. It was fun. Like, it was a really fun moment. I was smiling the whole time. Um, so then Han and Kira, Han tries to do this awesome move where he, like, turns sideways and goes to this really narrow thing. They get caught. It stops. It's really funny. They get out, run into a train station. Or it kind of looked like a train station. Yeah, so But it's like, like a spaceport, yeah. probably. Um and they're running away. They're trying to hide from the guys who are looking for them. Um, yeah, it was a good. It was a good scene. I, I like the design of it. It was, it was effective. It was like a cool designed yeah. spaceport, I think. Um, and then they get in line, and they're like, okay, freaking out. They're like, okay, we're we're in line. We're in the customs line or whatever. We're, we're almost home. Almost home. Almost home. They get to the lady, and they exchange the hyperfuel for her, like sneaking them in basically mm -hmm. which i thought was a little weird yeah weren't they gonna sell like, that to get a ship or did, were yeah they just i like, didn't yeah what was their plan when they i guess he said i think he said at one point that they were gonna get on a freighter or something mm -hmm. um and get off planet but yeah it was a little weird that she like so readily accepted it but it kind of shows like the moral decay i think of the empire like in a way it's like mm -hmm. any of them would have done that probably yeah. um it's hard to have loyal subjects when you when you rule with tyranny and yeah. power um so yeah they, them, them getting split up kind of felt like armageddon-ish oh yeah that door it did closes and you're like, it no. did it did yeah it did so yeah they they're going in and then kira gets pulled away at the last second and han just freaking out yeah. and my thing is like how did han not get captured there yeah because she immediately the lady immediately turns on him and is like uh there's an escape uh code fold nine five eight you know, and then yeah. the stormtroopers like, there's someone got through. We have to find him. <laughs> and then Han's still there, just screaming. He's like, Kira, no, Kira. For for some other reason, I didn't sneak out. I'm just 
Yeah. I'm just upset. <laughs> yeah. And then he he slowly walks back and steals some kid's cape, which is just rude. And then he yeah, takes another nobody, kid's hat. Yeah. And no one questions him. Uh, if someone took my hat, dude, I'd be freaking out. Like, yeah. What are you doing, bro? Um, and then all these other people are getting arrested because they look, look like, like <laughs> they look like crappy Han Solo's. <laughs> that I, would, I hope I, this is, can't be true, but I hope those are all the people that auditioned to be Han Solo. And they're like, we, <laughs> we have a role for you. It's going to be great. You're going to oh be in the God. movie. All of them had like really crappy, like frat hair. Yeah. Like it was so <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, they're all just getting all like getting arrested and Han just lucky. And then, um, he, this is the part I talked about this earlier. But this is the part where like the the reference stuff felt a little on the nose. He walks up to the imperial mm-hmm. like recruitment yeah. desk, which first off, before that, we hear the imperial march playing, yeah. um, which it shows it's like an in-universe song or like anthem for the empire, which is really cool. That is interesting. I, I thought it was cool. It. I like that. What do you think about that? I didn't know. I mean, I didn't. Know, I didn't notice it. I guess. I, yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, that, well. th- that is cool though, because then it's like, when do they play that? Yeah. Or that. I guess that kind of feels like kind of authoritarian. Propaganda. Yeah, for like, sure. It's oh, like intimidating, oh, but you know, kind of like fake patriotism. Yeah. Like, oh, for yeah, sure. This is nice. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, um, walks up to the recruitment thing and he's like, "Hey, I want to be a pilot." And he's like, "Yeah, most people do. Most end up in the infantry. You know, yeah. it's like, great." And then he's like, "Well, do you have a name?" And Han's like. I'm alone. I don't have I don't a family. Have people, yeah. yeah, I don't have a people. And the guy's like, hmm, solo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I, yeah. Where do we get that word from? What do you just yeah. know? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, it was, that was a little bit on the nose for me. And I can buy it, I can swallow it, it's no big deal. But I wish he would have tried a few things. Yeah. Like, Han alone. Yeah, Han alone. Han, just oh, me. God. No, no, no. Han yeah. solo. Yeah. And I like how Han kept that name. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm Han Solo now. Yeah. Empire gave me my name, which is kind of like it's it's a little interesting, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also that paints that because in the original trilogy, everybody's just like, man, literally everybody in the Empire outside of like Tarkin and Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. suck and yeah. aren't good at anything yeah. and just like can't shoot you sort of yeah. thing. And so th- this is like, well, hell, will they just accept anybody that walks up and For is like, sure. I want to be part For of the sure. empire. And they're yeah. like, well, okay, here's the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like, they, it's like they create this really horrible environment yeah. in the galaxy where people want to escape it. And like, we're going to make life as horrible as possible. And the only way people can escape it is by joining the empire. Right. So like the perfect plan. Mm-hmm. Even Luke Skywalker wanted to join the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where we get the line. Han's like, I'm going to be the best pilot in the galaxy. And then Flash, he's like, we'll have you flying in no time. And then hard <laughs> cut, hard cut to Han Solo, literally, literally flying through the air yes. after being blown up. There's a massive explosion. Yes. Dude, I love that part. That was so funny. Uh, and that- he lands and he's like, <gasps> yes. You know, like- pulls up his mask. Man, if that, if... Uh, the Empire, when it's like established, really mm-hmm. feels like World War II with yeah. all of those those big parades and those big marches where mm-hmm. all it's just all those people and it, and it feels real like Third mm-hmm. Reich-ish. Then this pre-established Empire felt World War One. It did. Where it felt like very everything's kind of like brown and messy and tra- the, the uniforms and were. Um, they looked like classic stormtrooper uniforms from the well, German yeah. regime. Yeah, like in World War One, it was crazy. 
Uh, um, yeah, very much so World War One feeling. Everything's dark. You mm-hmm. can't see anything. There's explosions going off everywhere. There's people that are like terrified, and there's people yeah. that act like they know what they're going on. Yeah, and both of them and die. I all thought Old Nairnreich did great in this part. He was so funny. He like kept that Han demeanor while also being like terrified. Yeah. And his, there's at one point his captain walks up and he's like, um, "Come on, Solo, we're going to join the fight." And, like hands him a gun. And he's like, "Wait, where are we going?" And he's like, we're- "To the front." And he just gets blown up. Yeah. <laughs> and Han's just like. Oh, God. And just wanders back the other way. Yes. And then this is where he sees Tobias Beckett dressed in a, um officer's uniform, like, dual-wielding pistols mm-hmm. or blasters and, like, shooting people and twirling them on his finger and, like, just being totally cool. Um, and he sees him join up with, like, this gang. And he's like, okay, maybe something's up. Mm-hmm. And he, like, starts talking to him. Yeah. And, and, and it, for Hans, like, character arc mm-hmm. it's representative of he's in this super chaotic time yeah and he literally is asking like where do i go for sure and then he sees tobias beckett who we've said is like yeah. a mentor relationship with him so it's like oh that yeah like maybe in my life this is the most chaotic part of my life for sure and i'm wondering like where which direction do i go and then it's like oh hey here's this like super cool like mm-hmm. a gunslinging mentor mm-hmm. I'm gonna go yeah so way. he's like being awesome and um then like you kind of meet his there's like cool banter between like the it's like him Val and Rio who is the other um like alien creature but you don't know that yet mm-hmm. and anyways Han's trying to like get in with them and then like a hard cut to the end of the battle Han follows them they do cool stuff I really like the whole design of this whole scene um I very much so felt like World War One even the music had this World War One feel mm-hmm. to it and so then afterwards Han like after the battle, another commander comes up and he's like talking to Han. Han's not taking any of it. He has this cool line where um, Han's like, what are we doing? And he's like, what do you mean? What's our objective? And he's like, to bring peace and order to the galaxy or something like that. And Han's like, um, and to destroy the hostiles. And Han's like, it's their planet. We're the hostiles. Yeah. I really like that line. That was great. Um, so he's super sassy. And like all the soldiers walk off in one way and Han just turns around and walks the other way. Yeah. Goes goes and finds Tobias and just totally annoys him to death. Like I kind of like that. Han's like just continually pestering this guy. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because it's kind of reminiscent of Luke in a way. Like Han is kind of like Luke in this moment where he's like annoying the hell out of yeah. the the like mentor leader, like the cool guy that he wants to be a part of his gang. Um, except Han's a little bit more like attached. I think, I think Luke kind of doesn't really like Han Solo much, Yeah. but Luke is, or Han is just like all over Tobias, like totally wants to be a part of his gang. He tells him he's going to turn him into the, to the, um, officer if they don't let him in on what's going on. And then, Tobias just totally flips it and like gets him arrested. And this is where he they're like, feed him to the beast. And he gets thrown into a a mud pit. Now what did you think about this part? It felt like uh Luke in with the what is that thing yeah. called? Oh boy. With the Rancor? Yeah, the Rancor. In Return of the wow. Jedi. My yeah. Credibility. No, you're shot. good, bro. You're <laughs> um, good, bro. But it felt like that at first, and I was like, how is he gonna get out without yeah. the force? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, and then, like a split second later, I'm like, "Oh, this is this got to be." Yeah. So chewy. you realize, like, pretty early, it was like Chewy. I liked it because it's almost like a double reference to in, to Return of the Jedi, because mm-hmm. like there's that scene, you know, where Luke gets thrown in with the Rancor, and then there's also that scene where Han's blind, 
and he's in that holding cell yeah. and Chewie comes up to him. He's like, Oh God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. Um, so yeah, Chewie comes out. He's muddy. Dude, Chewie looked awesome in this scene. Right. Like the it costume looks so good. Yeah. Finally, like, cause, cause he's supposed to be, and everybody in the, all the characters are very scared of him and intimidated. Sure. And they're like, don't mess with them. Don't mess but, with the Wookiee. Yeah. But up until now, he just kind of looks cheesy in yeah. every movie where you're like, Oh, like yeah. he just looks big and awkward and it's yeah. like clearly a dude wearing a like a onesie. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> take him on my on my pickup team, but like <laughs> he doesn't look very athletic or coordinated. <laughs> but this one he actually looked like, oh shoot, this is actually a scary mm-hmm. dude. And yeah, dude, he, he was, was he was laying into Han. So him and Han start fighting <laughs> and it was it looked great. So they're fighting, blah blah blah. Um Chewie's like gonna kill him. He's like sinking him into the mud, like gonna murder him. And then Han starts speaking Wookiee. Which was really bad. Yeah, it was weird. It was a little like, weird. <laughs> it was funny though. Like I, I enjoyed it because yeah. it was just hilarious. Like when somebody and it shocked Spanish, and you're like, yeah, this is but terrible. it's like really bad Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> and it just kind of shocked Chewie out of his like, I'm gonna murder you state. And he's yes. like, what the? What, what the hell was that? I took, <laughs> I took two semesters of. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's so um, yeah. Which, Chewie stops. So again, like whole story significance wise i feel i feel in the moment it's like this feels so awkward mm-hmm. and weird but at the same time it's like okay moving forward it explains like you can understand it mm-hmm. and also han never speaks it ever again for sure for so sure. it's like okay but I you know he can it's like I you know he... why you would never speak this again because it sounds like a fish yeah <laughs> for sure but it also like okay this is how he, he like knows at least right. a little bit how to speak it so that's good um so then they come up with a plan they escape um they like do this whole thing where Chewie punches the thing, it falls, the soldiers fall in there, they die, they get up out of the pit, escape, run in opposite directions, and they're mm-hmm. tied together by a chain, and so Chewie just like destroys Han, <laughs> and I love that. And then mm-hmm. um, they end up meeting with meeting up with Tobias Beckett. We keep moving because for time's sake. So then they go to I, I can't remember the planet. I can't remember the planet name. It's never said. I looked it up though. But they go to the snowy planet. As a crew with Tobias, Rio, um, Val, Chewie, and Han, all go to this planet. Snowy, they're doing this heist. Um, they steal an Imperial ship, and Han and Chewie take a shower together. That was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it a little strange. <laughs> it's funny though. Um, yeah. So they get to the planet, and then they kind of scout out the train, and then they have this really cool campfire moment where they're all sitting around a campfire. It's kind of like cowboy Western. Mm. Um, and they're all talking about motivations and things. And what did you think about that? That was one of those where it was, it was like, where, where does Han come from? Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, this is them trying to say like, Hey, here's Beckett, like flipping his gun around mm-hmm. putting his holster. And he's like, Oh, will you teach me how to do that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, I think it was good. It was just clear where he's like, Oh, he's after a girl for sure sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, I mean, up till that point, like he legitimately doesn't know who he is or like what he's doing or where he's going or mm-hmm. who, he, who he wants to be. And so it's, it's kind of at a crossroads where it's like, sure. Up till this point, your motivation is to get back to Corellia, uh, for Kira. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like the other, the other side of the crossroad is like, man, I don't know who, who I actually am. And, yeah. and, and am I disguising like, like, purpose in general with a girl like yeah. to say like oh yeah my whole life's purpose is this girl yeah um 
but is it really like, is that really what I want? Mm -hmm. And then at the same time you have his like mentor sitting across from him where he's like, well, I actually kind of want to be like this guy. So I feel like it's a little bit of a turning point for him, Yeah, but not, not too much. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Han never really in this whole part, he's still trying to figure out what he wants Mm -hmm. and he, he wants to be cool. He wants to have like, he wants to be this awesome scoundrel, like Tobias Beckett. But then there's also this part of him that you keeps, that keeps coming up where he's like, he's a good guy. He's a genuinely good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so then the train heist. What did you think of the train heist? It, I think it kind of, it had to happen because you introduced uh, Infus Nest. In- Infus Nest. Yeah. And you also introduced like Han being an actual good pilot. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, it was just like, I'm a pilot, I'm a pilot, I'm a pilot. Right. And everybody's like, sure. Prove himself, yeah. And so that sucks yeah. about Rio. It's like, I'm the only, po- I'm the only human who can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only human who can do it. I like that. It sucked that Rio had to get hurt and die. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I liked Rio. I thought he was just going to like, oh, one of his arms is hurt and he can't fly anymore, so it has to be hung yeah. on. Uh, but like legit died. That was one yeah, of the... Yeah, that was like, what the heck? That he was one of the... Died. So that one, that one, Val, and L3, mm-hmm. when, when they all die... Um, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, no, we're we're good. in the safe zone. Yeah. Well, I mean, we um, started off with Darth Maul, so I think we're good. Right, Darth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Darth Maul. <laughs> um, it, those all felt rushed. Like, the, the parts I get that. The, the parts of the story that I was saying that, that I feel like felt rushed were those. Because you're like, I was starting to care about these characters, and I really mm-hmm. wanted them to live, but not long enough to where this is a really, like, emotional for death sure. for me. Especially Val and Rio. I like them yeah. a lot. Uh, and L3, even L3, I was, yeah. we, we can talk about it later, but yeah. it's like, man, I, I really liked you, but I'm not as sad as the character for that's sure. losing you. Like for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but again, maybe it was just like they, that yeah. movie would have been four hours long. If you, yeah. You know, Rio was funny. He was like, Rio was like really funny, but I also am like, if you had too much of Rio, you'd get tired of him. Really yeah. Easily. Would it be like a Jar Jar type thing? Oh gosh. You I know? don't think. Yeah. I don't Not that, but he's obviously, he's not Darth, Jar Jar. Darth not Rio. Jar Jar. Yeah. But he's. He could have four lightsabers. Dude, he would be a dope Jedi. Yeah. He'd be a dope Jedi. Um, but yeah, it's like, how is Han going to be a better pilot than this guy? He has four arms. Like, I mean, what? How so, is that even so possible? It, yeah, so it kind of establishes him as like, okay, maybe he has some, there's some credence yeah. to what he's saying. Because up to up till this point, he's just been like mm-hmm. BSing his way through everything and yeah. not actually doing anything well. And so yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, he actually has some capability, you know. For sure. Um, you got to see Chewie. I like you got to see Chewie in action. You got really to see strong. Tobias Beckett in action. The snor- the snowtroopers with like the fur coats, they look dope. I thought they looked really cool. Yeah, those are cool. I got a little, yeah. the uh, movie theater was selling like these cups with the snowtrooper oh, nice. heads. I got one of them. Yeah, those, those were, that was a cool design. Um, so then the, the train, they, it all falls apart. Their whole plan falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Vale gets caught and, she like is doing like sick moves like on the rafters like yeah. like swinging around and shooting uh the viper droids awesome and then she just dies and i was like dang like they just killed the like these two people were part of the promotion for solo like for a while i was like okay i think they're gonna be in the movie quite a bit and they died like in the first 20 something minutes i was like what the heck yeah um, i didn't uh i didn't know that like uh val they work that really sacrificial point up mm-hmm. well enough because yeah. it just all of a sudden she's shooting those things and it looks like she's doing well. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, nah, I got to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait, well, it, but it kind of, it kind of points out to you like the harshness of the job. Yeah. You know, true. like it's a hard life. 
And this is probably not the first people that Tobias has lost because he he yeah. recovers pretty quickly. Yeah, and he, when he was at their grave, he yeah. was like, no, we're not going to be able to pay the boss. Yeah, that's that was his main so. thing. It was like, I thought he was going to be upset. He punched Han Solo because, like, hard cut, Han Solo gets punched. Um, Tobias is, like, sitting at the graves. He walks up, and he just decks him in the face. And I thought it was going to be like, like, Val sacrificed herself or to – to get the that stuff and you just blew it all yeah. up but he was like no he's like dude like i'm screwed yeah <laughs> he's like dried boss is gonna kill me yeah which is, i guess again is a good like character point for him yeah. where he's just out for himself the whole freaking for sure time. yeah so you get that um and then that's when they come up with a the plan they're like well the only thing we can do is go to dryden boss and try to negotiate with them so mm -hmm. then they go to the the barge i didn't like the design of this like ship it was weird looking it was very weird looking it was just straight vertical yeah. um like weirdly shaped i couldn't tell there wasn't any like definitive design of it because the it was like all these different colors mm -hmm. it was it didn't feel as clean or as um cool of a design to me as like a star destroyer or even like the vader ships mon calamari like that, yeah. mon, mon calamari ships and stuff yeah um so yeah i don't know about that but then you go on it's like basically a freaking cantina it's like this dope at dope <laughs> this dope <laughs> this dope yacht um almost almost let something slip there and they go into the cantina like cantina music starts playing tobias is like hey keep your head down kid don't look at anybody don't talk to anybody i kind of like that because they didn't really fit like it didn't feel like han and tobias really fit into that cantina yeah like, i feel like they stood out very easily everybody there was like dressed very nicely yes. and Either um, super attractive or super old. Yeah. And they weren't really either. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, there's, like, Imperial officers there, um, you know, flirting with prostitutes probably. And which is, like, an awkward thing, you know, because that's, like, Star Wars, like, for kids. But it's there, but it's not really yeah. talked about. Um, and then Han meets Kira. Han sees Kira again, which is, like, kind of weird for me. Like, I knew that was coming because I saw that shot in the trailer so I knew that she was probably going to be there. I knew that he was going to meet her there. But he, he kind of just like turns around and sees her. And he's like, hey, I was coming to rescue you. And then she's like, oh, hi, hon. It's just like a oh, weird exchange yeah. for me, that, which it would be weird three yeah. years after you haven't seen this girl. And like last time you saw her, she was getting torn away from you. Like it would be a little weird. Yes. That, and that was I think that was the body language thing for me. That was the very first part that, mm -hmm. that you're like kind of unsettled because for sure you're like wait shouldn't she be like super excited yeah so something else must be going on yeah she did a great job at that's what i thought amelia clark did a great job acting um because she kind of hinted at stuff without ever saying it because you can't really say if anything really bad happened to her you can't really say it in this movie because it's a kid's movie right you can't really do a bunch of exposition that's really dark and ominous mm -hmm. but she does a good job of conveying that um where han's like han asked her one place like how did you get out and she's like i didn't and then she immediately uh, goes into like yep. something else. Never mind. And, yeah. Um, anyway, so they come up with this plan. Dryden Voss goes up there, and they all meet well, they, together. They introduce Dryden Voss, where he's like, "Oh, he's with somebody right now," and he kills him. Oh, he, so yeah, he like, kills okay, him. And then he, he puts these little knives on his on this table. He's like, "Bring these to my steady. I might need them later." You're uh, like, "Oh uh, God." Um, so then they all go up to Dryden. He's like classic, you know, like bad he, guy. He always put his hands all over the people that he was talking for to. For sure, like, dude, yeah. <laughs> And that's, it's like, so uncomfortable because I'm not comfortable with people putting my their hands on me like that. Yeah. But if you're with that guy, it's like... <laughs> he's taller than you. Yeah. He's like, got, like, he's a hand on your me. shoulder and a right. hand on your chest where you're right. like, oh, gosh. He's just yeah, so you. he's very handsy, very handsy bad guy. Um, 
and he's just all about like dominating the conversation mm -hmm. he's just like constantly wanting to dominate stuff he's like all right you better come up with a plan and tobias is like i'll pay you back like i'll i'll work it out and he's like no i need a plan now and they come up with this whole plan kind of on the spot it felt a little weird to me mm -hmm. it was like i don't know it i could buy it because kira was also trying to help them come up with the plan because she obviously doesn't want to see han just die maybe um yeah like, yeah because <laughs> again she's like very skewed it's like right. was she just using him or was she right. not i don't know but yeah, it, it did. Uh, Dryden Voss kind of seemed between two. It wasn't like he was the head of a crime syndicate and for he could sure. just like, you didn't do it. I'm going to kill you. Because he's like, I, I am also worried about paying my boss. For sure. Yeah. Because he has a boss. So, so it's like he's half trying to be this like authority figure that's like, you need a plan. Mm -hmm. And half being like, I need a plan too because I yeah. need to pay somebody also. Yeah. So they come up with this plan to go get unrefined coaxium from Kessel, take it to a place where they can refine it. Um, I thought I really liked Alden Ehrenreich in this part. I thought he did a great job just like flying by the seat of his pants through this whole conversation. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what about unrefined refaxium or coaxium? <laughs> and they're like, what? And he's like, right, right. right. <laughs> waiting for somebody else to pick up the, the thread and help him out. Um, yeah. So they then are like, well, you're going to need a really fast ship to get from <laughs> there to like, there. They're like, oh, huh. You know, everybody knows what's coming. And so then they go to this cantina which like is it on the same planet that was my thing like it's as it seems a little convenient that everything is on that same planet like yeah i'm not sure that that ship is there which so it's probably there because they're expecting tobias to deliver but mm -hmm. then if that cantina place is also on the same planet because it was snowy when they walked in yeah i'm not i'm not sure about that it could be but mm -hmm. it couldn't be so that was that was a little like well, a little convenient. Yeah. A little convenient, Lucasfilm. I don't know about that. A little um, Yeah, so then they go in and they meet Lando, who's playing cards. Right. And uh, he's like, he's Donald Glover. Lando. He's great. I love, I love what they did with Lando because I was so nervous in this movie that Lando was just going to be so cool the yeah. whole time. There should be like the coolest character ever and like over the top because that's not what he is in Empire. He's mm -hmm. like, he's cool, but he has this underlying like, man, this guy is also kind of an idiot at times, mm -hmm. you know? Cause he, yeah. And they, I think they did that well because it's, he's, he makes himself out to be super cool and yeah. super capable. And then the but, other characters reacting to him are like, Oh my God. Lando. And then, and you find out he's, he doesn't actually live up to his word for sure. It's like, Oh yeah, I just have all these ships and I have all this yeah. stuff. And then you go yeah. out and the ship's locked up and impounded and you're like, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love how they did that. So that I love that with Lando. Cause I was just so nervous because everybody leading up to this movie was like, oh, I can't wait for Lando. He's going to be so cool. And mm. I thought they were just going to be like total, just like fan service. Lando's going to be perfect and have no flaws or anything. But they really did a good job of playing with that empire. Yeah. Lando or Han's just like, oh, my God, freaking Lando is mm -hmm. so annoying. Um, and Leia hates Lando. Like, everybody hates Lando <laughs> in Empire. Like, nobody likes him. <laughs> Even Darth Vader gives him crap. Um, yeah, so Lando plays cards. They have a whole card game. You think that Han's going to win this, the falcon there in in lando cheats which i liked because i was like you know like that's in that scene's in the trailers and i was like well they just gave away you know that's like a big scene they're just giving away how han wins it mm -hmm. but they kind of played with your expectations there yeah good writing i think well done yeah kind of shows you that and, lando's a scoundrel cheater. right and the protagonist like wins and loses because mm -hmm. he, he like hopefully in fiction you don't actually like accomplish your goal until mm -hmm. the end and you For lose sure. all the way up until there so it's, it shows like 
oh, he lost this scene, mm-hmm. but he didn't actually. Yeah, and, and you, he kind of won. And, and you, it, again, it shows, like, kind of like the pilot thing earlier, it kind of shows, like, Han is actually a pretty capable dude. Right. And, like, like smart, cunning, and it's not right. just all BS all the time. Yeah. But he also didn't get what he wanted in this yeah. scene. I loved, I loved how Han acted, how Han and Lando acted after the game, because Lando immediately went into just, like, totally devaluing Han and being <laughs> like, like and? <laughs> yeah, and, and then he's like, um, Kira, what are you doing with this little boy? Yeah. <laughs> like, and Han's up, like up sitting behind him. Han's like fuming. He's so mad. Uh, I love that whole scene. And then um, we learned that, like little Easter egg, we learned that Tobias Beckett killed Aura Singh, mm-hmm. which is in, which she's like a bounty hunter in Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And she also is in Phantom Menace when she's like in the pod race. Um, like classic pod racing scene, you know, you see like the, the, sand people like up on the cliffs and they're shooting down and you see like this bounty hunter and she's like looking through binoculars. Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing. So anyways, you find that out little fun stuff. Um, which again dates it a little bit, I think. Yeah. Cause uh, between sure. Darth Maul's legs and that mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is, this, this takes place like mm-hmm. after one mm-hmm. to during two. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So like, then from there on, they, they get back to the ship. And like you said, like they go back to the Millennium Falcon and it's like locked up. And this is where you meet L3. And she's like, they're like, there's like a droid fighting thing, which doesn't look, it doesn't look interesting at all. Like yeah. the droids are just boxes, basically. Yeah. They're just like the classic, like, um, astromech droids or like junk droids or something. And they're fighting. It doesn't look interesting or fun at all, but she's like trying to rescue them and save them. Um, you learn that she's like all about rescuing droids and like droid liberation. Um, and then they're going out to the Falcon and what do you think about like all the, the dialogue between Han and, or not Han, Lando and L3 there, uh, they're like going back and forth. He, I don't know. They, it was one of those where they, they say up front, like you could wipe her memory and yeah. kind of change the relationship, right. but he's like, I don't want to cause she has navigation thing, uh-huh. which comes back up later. Um, but yeah, again, I, I think it was one of those to make points mm-hmm. outside of the Star Wars universe, inside of the Star Wars universe that are For a sure. little bit more contemporary where it's like, hey, some of the some of the things that are going on in the world outside, you mm-hmm. can apply them to what's going on inside and kind of give commentary mm-hmm. back and forth. Uh, it was funny whenever she's like, oh, Lando's obviously in love with me, but, Bro, I, that was but I don't weird. like him. Carol's <laughs> like, how does that work? It's like. It works. it works. <laughs> Dude, like, what? What? And, like, Lando obviously cares for her. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, moving faster, we get to Kessel. You see, like, the the maw, I think he calls it. Mm-hmm. Not the maw. What does he call it? The maelstrom. And, like, Through, you see the, yeah. Like, like the, the planets gliding super or whatever. cloud that just covers everything, and they have to, like, fly through that. I thought that was dope. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool design. Um. It, it, it sets that, because from my point of view, when they mention the Kessel run, it's just, mm-hmm. like, feels like a relay race yeah i thought i thought it was a race and you always like everybody always makes the mistake of thinking of it as time and not distance Mm -hmm. uh like parsecs Mm -hmm. and so it just feels like this like oh you just went from point a to point b Mm -hmm. quicker than other people but this kind of this kind of set the scene of like this is tough and for sure nobody even the best pilots like wouldn't Mm -hmm. like stray outside of this little uh, channel yeah and it looked cool i like that um so they get to kessel it seemed a little easy. This whole high scene took like two seconds, honestly, in the uh-huh. whole scheme of the movie. It it like took no time at all. Mm-hmm. It seemed a little easy. 
Yeah. They get to Kessel and they meet um, this Pike, and he he's from the Clone Wars too. So this is a this is a animated character coming into like live action, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or animated alien coming into live action, and they do like the classic trope: Han and Chewie are locked up, and they're like pretending like they're slaves or prisoners. Mm-hmm. And um, Kira and L three and Beckett, who's wearing the Skiff Guard outfit from Return of the Jedi that Lando has, which is cool. Um, they go back in there and they set up this whole heist, pretty simple stuff. Like it's just pretty straightforward. Um, and I don't know if I like the design of Kessel or not. Like it's felt very contained. Does that make sense? Like right. the mind smelt felt the mind smelt, the mind felt very small, mm-hmm. very contained. It felt a little easy to get like the mm-hmm. most valuable resource in the galaxy from these people. And maybe just to play devil's advocate, I agree it's, it feels mm-hmm. really isolated, but to play devil's advocate, maybe it's like early on and not completely mined right. because nobody like really knows the value of this stuff right. yet. And they're, they're just now starting. It, it's not like they've like totally like depraved a whole planet mm-hmm. of this stuff because they need it right yeah. now. So maybe just to play devil's advocate, it's like, early on in like uh-huh. the mining process and the, the view of how valuable that fuel is. Yeah. Yeah. I so know. it's all good. I mean, the biggest thing for me and to take away in this was, I felt like the, um, Chewie goes off, he sees Wookiees and he starts like helping them mm-hmm. escape. And I liked it cause Han at first was like, I thought he was going to be very, um, aggressive with Chewie. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you doing? We got a job to do. But he like lets Chewie go, gives him a weapon, helps him out. Chewie ends up coming back and like, um, with the other Wookiees and fighting, which, dude, like, the Chewbacca fight scenes in this movie are so awesome. Yeah. It, like scary. like you said, like, you you just always think of Chewie as this blumbering, like, really, you know, not very coordinated giant. And, but in this, like, the fight scenes are so good. Like, yeah. he just is so cool. Um, um, the other Wookiees look weird. To kind of juxtapose Tobias and Han, whenever Tobias sees uh, Chewie, mm-hmm. he's like we need him on our team for our own good. And again, thinking about himself. Yeah. Cause that's when they, for like, sure. He's like, what happened to Chewie? Did he die? Yeah. Uh, and, and then, yeah. Uh, so originally whenever they pick him up from that planet mm-hmm. and they're like deciding, like, should we, should we pick these people up or not? He's like, we definitely need a Wookiee mm-hmm. for my own good. Yeah. Uh, and then Han in the middle of a plan and yeah. Chewie wants to go away. And he's like, okay. Even though it's like detrimental sure. to me, it's like, you should do that. And so for sure, again, kind of, the comparison between like Han wants to be Tobias, but he's not like, mm-hmm. he just definitely is not that, that type of person. Yeah. I like that. They've done that the whole movie. I really like that. I feel like they nailed Han's character. Cause when we look back at Han, I feel like sometimes people look back at Han with weird colored glasses, mm-hmm. like not even rose color, just weird. Where they're like, <laughs> weird where they're like, Oh yeah. Han's like so cool, man. Han, mm-hmm. Han solo is just like the coolest gangster in the galaxy. And, in the original trilogy, he's like really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He's like always making mistakes. Um, he's always scared for his life. He's on the run. Um, in in a new hope, like Obi Wan just doesn't buy anything from him. He's like, this guy's so dumb. Like he's always rolling his eyes at him. So Han is never really set up as like the coolest guy in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a good job of that. I was just nervous that it was going to be like Han Solo, like a series of just winning at everything and like. Um, never having any problems. Um, so then Kessel Run. It was a little... I liked the Kessel Run. The the special effect, it was hard to see. Like, which is understandable because they're flying right. through this massive, like, debris cloud. Like There's a Star Destroyer yeah. back in the tunnel. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a blockade. Well, how did that get there? Um, yeah, so 
And also, like, why did he not just go around the Star Destroyer? Like, yeah. go into the thing I around wish, it? I if don't I could know. change any of the dialogue, it would be from that scene where he's like, oh, they wouldn't send a TIE fighter after us. And then, like, 12 of them drop down out of the ship. <laughs> and she's like, right. I, I would have been, if I were Han, I would have just been like, I said they wouldn't send a TIE fighter. <laughs> <laughs> they would send to, to a billion. <laughs> oh, that would, that would be hilarious. So, yeah, they go, they, like, go into the thing, and then this is where you get the scene where Chewie's... Like you learn Chewie knows how to fly because he's 190 years old. Mm. Um, and you get the classic, you know, Han and Chewie sit down together, and everybody gets goosebumps, and it's like <laughs> yeah, Kira, the music he's like, hey, we playing. need to we need to do this, and Kira's like, we do need right. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lando's in the back, just like, oh yeah, L3 died. Right. We, we, yeah, we that. talked about that. So L3 died. Um, Which was sad. Yeah, but Lando again, got I, shot. He tried to save her, and yeah. then Han tried to save Lando. I was like, is so everybody going to get shot? Like, I, I think yeah. The subplot or, or main plot, it's like, oh, it's sad. These characters are getting shot or dying. Uh, subplot, we really need it to be Han and and Chewie flying the Millennium Falcon. Absolutely. So you have to like yes. el- eliminate have all to the other people somebody. that can yeah. fly it, and then for also sure. Kira show she can't do anything. Yes, uh, for in sure. terms of piloting. Yeah. So, dude, piloting the Millennium Falcon must be the hardest thing in the world, honestly. Because the cockpit's, like, on this side. Yeah. So you have to, like, account for this whole other <laughs> massive side of your ship while you're yeah. doing these incredible maneuvers. It makes no sense. I love it. Um, so Han, they're flying through the thing, and, like, it's just hard to see. Like, it's a cool scene. I like it. Um, I think I. it's not my favorite Falcon chase he scene. He, like, like, barrel roll whips a TIE fighter. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, for me, it's a hard scene to do because you've already had, like, the Falcon has the best chase scenes maybe in cinema history, like some of the best. Mm. Like the Force Awakens one was amazing, mm. but they're flying through the down Star Destroyers. Um, you have like the, I mean, A New Hope has a little bit where they're trying to escape. It's not really a chase scene, but then you have like the the meteorite field or the meteor field or asteroid field or whatever, um, and they have to like fly through that. The music's playing. It's amazing. So this for me, it's like, yeah, this should be probably one of the best because it's the Kessel Run. It's like what the mm-hmm. Falcon made its name on, but it just kind of fell short a little bit for me. Yeah, it was weird. Because I couldn't see. I it, don't know. I, it, like, it made me think when they get are getting like drawn into the mall, mm-hmm. uh, it made me think, w- was there a time in the writing process where there wasn't a giant alien dude? Yeah. And if so, like, uh, it, it made me think like, it was just this scene where he's getting drawn into this gravity well and there's yeah. no suspense other than like for sure oh, we're just getting sucked in and so yeah. th- somebody was just like what if there's also a big like a new hope yeah that's, that's where they they like land in the, the yeah the, no that's empire yeah empire. where they got the there's the worm comes out yeah, yeah it's like what if we had one of those <laughs> um, yeah also like trying to fight him too I'd, yeah I'd it was him. that was a little weird to me too because it like i didn't I don't know if this is like a special effects problem, but it, I couldn't really tell the size of it. Yeah. Like at first, the first shot you get, it looks massive. And it's like You're right, lightning strikes. Eyeballs. Yeah. Like, no, like lightning strikes in the background. You can see like the outline of it, but Ugh. you don't know what it is. And it just looks huge. It looks like a massive like mountain. And then you see its eyeball. And then like there's shots later where it's getting sucked into it where it doesn't look that big. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I don't know. Like it just didn't. I like the idea of it. I don't have a problem with like aliens living in vacuum of space. I think that's actually a interesting, like fun fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. 
but it just looked weird. Like I don't, I don't know. I, that my that's my whole problem with this whole sequence is I just couldn't see anything really well defined. It just kind of didn't mm -hmm. work super well for me. Um, and then they plugged the Colaxium into the hyperdrive, um, and fly yeah, it out. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't my work. Biggest, I was like, what the frick? So in that moment, I I really appreciated that because in that moment I was thinking like you know he's going to make it out. You know, yeah. like, all you see yeah. all, you see these characters again, you see the Millennium Falcon again, mm. there's no way that they don't make it out of this. So yeah. why should I feel any sort yeah. of stress in this scene? It brought and some then, stakes. Then when yeah. it didn't work, I was like, oh, wait. No, oh, I God. actually, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I thought they were going to get, like, sucked in or something yeah. and, like, shot out the other side or, like, some weird, <laughs> yeah. some weird crap like so that. So I think that was, like, that I really appreciated that it didn't work yeah. immediately because yeah. I was like, of course they get out. You know? Yeah, so then it gets out. I don't know what that stuff was that was closing, like, I don't. I have no idea what that I was. Because when they went through that channel at first, mm -hmm. he said something about it. It's like these are planets. Colliding. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And so it's like maybe that was the Maw is just like the yeah. the like the epicenter of the planets colliding, and mm -hmm. so it's like oh, this it's like closing, closing. That makes sense. Which then so then it kind of like references they reference the scene at the beginning when. Uh, he, right. He's like, you remember when I tried to take that speeder through the wall? And she's like, right. yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> Stakes are a little higher this time. Yeah, and so then it also kind of matches this, like, he didn't change what he wanted to do from the beginning to the end, yeah. but what changed was the ship. And so I right. think that kind of connects the dots between, like, the level of pilot meeting right. the level of ship. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it makes Han Solo, like, kind of complete, where you're like, oh, wait, Han yeah. Solo is, like, the Millennium Falcon. Like, that's part yeah. of his character, too. And so it's like kind of completes that circle of like he's always had the capability and the insight and the wit mm -hmm. to be able to do some of the stuff that he does but he needs uh, needs a millennium falcon for too. sure so they plugged l3 into the motherboard mm -hmm. what do you think about that it's jarvis i don't know like it I, was interesting like it was something that i didn't think i needed <laughs> coming into this movie mm -hmm. like in this movie i was like i felt like i had a really good idea of what all was going to happen mm -hmm. and what all needed to happen but that's something I never thought about, even though it's talked about in other, in in the in some of the movies like where C three PO like fights with the Falcon at times, like in Empire, like he's talking about how the Falcon's a really sassy, mm -hmm. its computer's really sassy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so and then there's parts in like you know like Return of the Jedi when Lando's flying, he's like hold together, baby, and he always refers yeah. to it as like this. Interesting. Which I thought that was just a Lando thing, but. Um, so it added like value in things that I didn't think I needed, which was cool mm -hmm. um, and kind of unexpected. Or like things that were that you didn't realize were unexplained, like because yeah. you can go from some stuff in the original trilogy where you're like, "Oh, this is unexplained. Where did Han uh -huh. come from?" That's probably what they're going to talk about. Right. But it, it, thinking about the Lando thing, calling the ship "baby," you're like, yeah. "I didn't know that was an open-ended yeah. like yeah. thing that could have gotten explained." So it's cool because it adds value to the Falcon, mm -hmm. and the Falcon's obviously still around. I think it's going to be a part of Star Wars for a while. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's still going to be in Episode Nine. They blow up the Falcon in Episode Nine. I'm going to riot. It's a, yeah, I was about to say it's an X-wing, the board yeah. game. Uh, and they have like an option. There's like two now. Okay. There's there's Han's uh, Millennium Falcon right with the satellite. Circle, yeah, and then Ray's with the little rectangle. Which satellite. one do you like better? In the game or yeah, or just like <laughs> the design wise. You like? I feel like I like the rectangle one better. I like the rectangle one better. I think yeah. it just looks the satellite better. one makes you think of Kate, like TV. Yeah, <laughs> it just looks better. I don't yeah. know. It's a good decision by them. Yeah, because the other one gets knocked off in Return of the Jedi. Mm. Um, so yeah, they plug her in to the motherboard. She's a part of the ship now. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Moving on. They get to Sabarine. I think it's called Sabarine. They like, it was a little weird because it cuts, it hard cuts immediately from like 
them going into hyperspace at the mall and then them like calling it a stress signal to Saverin. They're like, oh God, we're, we're, we're fixing it, land. We have to offload all this stuff immediately. Yeah. And, and then they're like, we're Han, here. Han has never had a good him. history with radio communication. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so true. In A New Hope, when he's like, hey, how's it going up there? And he's yeah. like, uh, it's good. How are you? He's fine here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was like, what the frick? And then they land, but the Falcon is like totally effed up, like yeah. just destroyed. Um, so there's no, not even landing gear. So they just plop down. Uh, awesome, awesome exchange between Solo and Lando where they're like, uh, Han comes up and hugs him and he's like all smiling, got that cocky smile. And he's like, Lando just looks at me. He's like, I hate you. I hate you. And Han says, I know, which is like uh, call back to, yeah. to I Empire. This is great. Um, and then Infus Nest comes out. Oh, we find Infus out Ness. all this stuff about her. What did you think about the reveal I'll of uh, Infus Nest? So at first I thought it was Tobias's daughter. Okay. With Val. Uh, yeah. Because she's. Cause I've heard, she's I've heard people thought like, that too. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. But then she references, she she mentions her mom dying, yeah. like, during, like, kind of a rebellion ish type thing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe that's not. Definitely not. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I thought, so at the beginning, uh, I'm very pro just good characters in general. Yeah. And, and again, at the beginning, whenever I thought it was a bad movie, I still thought the the characters were really, mm-hmm. really cool. Her and, design, Emphasis Nest's oh, design was gosh. so cool. Yeah. That, like. That's going to sell toys. Absolutely. For sure. And so I was like, Dang, this is a super intimidating character mm-hmm. that like seemed re- like really strong. Did you think it was a boy the whole time? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and maybe it's just because you're led to believe yeah. that. I, well, what's interesting is they leaked that it was a girl before the movie came out. Hmm. Like they, they didn't leak it. Like they told people like it, this is a female character. Huh. And I don't know if that was like trying to get. I don't know, like. Um, more like let people know there's more female characters in this. Like this is a really cool looking female character, um, which is not a bad thing, but it's frustrating whenever it's like, I already knew that going in. I feel like that, the reveal was that it was this little girl. Yeah. So I, I was surprised, uh, but then, and it, and it was, it was, uh, so it wasn't what, what crossed the line for her wasn't, Oh, I met an opponent that's as capable as me, mm-hmm. so I should probably explain what I'm trying to do. It was whenever he called them marauders. She's like, mm-hmm. "Wait, yeah. no, we're not." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And so it was like, it, it wasn't like she was just trying to fight everybody. It was like she legitimately had a purpose. And mm-hmm. this, so this is this is what felt like a western to me. Absolutely. Was that Han Solo rolls into this uh, random planet mm-hmm. uh, with his own motives, and he's there for his own reasons. And, and you show up and there's this little colony of people that are like, hey, somebody's coming mm. and they're the bad guys and we're the good guys yeah. and this is why we think so and we need your help. And yeah. that, that really felt like Han Solo, like for sure, traveling cowboy that's like, sh- should I stay and help him or yeah. should I leave? And, and he stayed. Yeah. And I love the scene where he's talking to Tobias and he's like, we can't give Dryden Voss that coaxium. Like he, he, he knows he can't do it and he's trying to make a deal with, with – um, Tobias, and then you it cuts to Kira and Infus Nest, mm-hmm. and they're like, "What is he talking about?" And Kira goes, "He's going to help you because she mentions earlier how she's the only one who really knows who he is." Mm-hmm. And they show that in the trailer, and I was like, "Is that that sounds kind of ominous?" But then in reality, she's like, "You're a good guy. You're not, you know." He's like, "I'm not a good guy. I'm not a good I guy." Know. You know. So I like all that. Um, and then the plan was a little weird to me because they. They, they, they make the point took the coaxium up there. Yeah, they made the point to not tell us the plan. 
Yeah. Which was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. But it was a little strange. Like, it didn't make a ton of sense to me. Like, what was the actual plan? Did, were they just going to kill him? I don't Yeah. Like, were they... It, that must have been it. Like, they were just going to... Planning on killing Dryden Voss. Because um, they bring the Coaxium up there. They make him think that they didn't bring the Coaxium up there. He yeah. obviously told Beckett the wrong plan. And he had the DL-44 in the box. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, it all worked out. But... I still don't know what the original plan was, mm-hmm. which is just, that's frustrating to me. That's something that I feel like happens a lot in movies like this, where the plan never works out. Like, it, that's the rule. Right. It can't work out. Yeah. So, but you you never really understand what the original plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I felt weird about it, because it, cause it's like he knew, he knew Infant's Nest was going to get uh, ambushed. Yeah. Like Han did. Yeah. But he didn't know by who or for what reason, like why uh-huh. Dryden would know, because he, he was surprised that it was Tobias that helped. For sure. And also Infantess knew, and they kind of coordinated that, yeah. and they gave the people their suits. And yeah, so, so that it, that was a little like, what? It was weird. But, but it's not the point of the scene. I think the point of the scene is an awesome fight between, mm-hmm. a three-way fight between Kira. Um, it's awesome. Well, first off, we'll back it up, because like, um, when Tobias finds out that the coaxium is there, he shoots everybody in the room. He's like, I'm the only one who wants to have a blaster when I'm mm. thinking. And then he's, he makes Chewie carry the coaxium and he exits and he gets an elevator. And there's an awesome scene where the elevator is closing and like Han is like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And as soon as it closes, they both jump yeah, they both weapons. jump to get weapons. Yeah, and that, Han totally like chokes. He misses like five or six shots. Like what a loser. <laughs> that was, so that was the scene... So the the kind of outlaw invitation mm-hmm. and the the scene in in the yacht those were the ones that that flipped it for me where mm-hmm. I was like I feel like this is bad and rushed and then I get to that point where it's mm-hmm. like man this is actually this is actually really good because from my point of view it was shifting loyalties like crazy the, mm-hmm. and motivations like crazy the whole time from that scene from the beginning of Infant's Nest showing up which again I forgot because they put the little uh, um, what is that thing called? The beacon, whatever, on the Millennium oh, right. Falcon. And they're like, oh, they're going to bring it right to us. Right. And, and I totally forgot about that. And right. so they showed up and it got quiet. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so from that point on, it was just like, well, Infant's Nest wants the coaxium. But then it's like, no, I'll actually like win over mm-hmm. some allies too. And Kira's like, uh, you're a good guy and I'm for you. And then also I'm against you. Mm-hmm. And, and Han's like, we're just going to get here to get this stuff refined. But then also, no, I want to stay and help. And, yeah. and Tobias is like, we're, we're going to get it refined, but no, I'm going to leave because uh-huh. I can't, you know? And so it's like every, 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 every character changed her mind. Mm-hmm. If not once to like twice Yeah. <laughs> uh, in that scene. And I was like, dang. And, and it was clear to keep up because it, it explains it well. Like Tobias is like, no, I'm going to kill you. No, I'm not. No, I'm going to kill you. Right. Because, you know what I mean? And I just, I really, really liked that. It just felt really layered. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And then, so you have the whole thing with Kira. Kira, first off, like, attacks Han. Yeah. Which was weird. You think, like, because she ends up killing Dryden Voss, and Han was about to kill Dryden Voss. So it's like, why don't you just let him? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was about. That was just strange to me. So, anyways, yeah, she does a cool move where he, like, he, like, Stabs her sword and it like sinks into her sword. Her, his like knife does, and she mm-hmm. swings around and like hits him in the chest. Pretty dope. It was a good fight scene. Um, nothing major, but yeah. So she she dies, and then she's like, "Oh, Han, go get Chewie. You're gonna need Chewie." And then she's like, "I'm getting the jewels because we're gonna use the jewels to 
get our ship and then yeah. han's like cool all right sweet yes this all works out like han's and so she's happy. like trying to get him to leave yeah she's and like, he's like well come with me and she's like no yeah. go get, yeah. get out of here yeah so then han gets an elevator elevator shuts and her, she just gets this look on her face like never mind yeah so then she goes over grabs a ring that Dryden Voss had put the ring in the console and a hologram shows up. Who is this? It's we talked about it already. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Darth Maul shows up and Darth Maul. I can't honestly, I've seen it twice. I can't really even remember what Darth Maul says. The only thing I remember is him so, saying like, we're going to be working really close. Yeah. Together. We're going to be working really closely together. You get, I mean, you get the idea that he's the mob boss. He's a leader. Um, it's interesting to me because I feel like they can go places with this, but I don't know what they're going to do because they had Ray Park who, who played Darth Maul in the original, um, in the, in the Phantom Menace, they had him be Darth Maul, but then the voice was done by Sam Witwer who does the voice for Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So my thinking is if they're going to use him again, I don't think that they would do that because that's something that really will only work in like a hologram thing mm -hmm. when, when is you can't really synchronize, you can't really see his voice moving like because yeah. that's hard to do. Like when you have another actor. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of left like, I want to see a sequel. Like, yeah, no, it uh, sets up a sequel. It does. But it, like, where, yeah, where are they going to go with it? Yeah. It um, sets it up to where there could be a sequel or there could be like a Boba Fett movie, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying I necessarily want that, but there could be a Boba Fett movie where he works yeah, closely with Darth Maul and Kira. Because he is Kira. also same, like, crime syndicate. Yeah, area. so, yeah. like, maybe it won't connect on the Han Solo level, but maybe they could continue cool. those storylines on another film, yeah. which they could do that. Um, I don't know if I want... I don't know where there would be room for a Boba Fett movie or, a, or an Obi-Wan movie because They'll of... Out. I mean... Like, yeah, I mean, there's all these new movies coming out, all these new things that they've announced. I don't know how, how they're going to find room for that, but... The, the only thing in that scene that I, I really have a question about is... Obviously, she decided that she was going to take Dryden Voss's spot. Yeah. But when? Like, what do you mean when? Like, when do you think she decided, like, I'm going to leave Han, and now that Dryden Voss is dead, I'm, I'm kind of going to step into I that I get the role. feeling she always knew. From the beginning of the movie? Like, she no, was just from, an opportunity? From the, from the moment they started the plan. Okay. Whenever she... I feel like whenever she had an idea that this could work and that they could, like, take down Dryden... That's because you like every time they're talking, Han is like, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to run away together. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be free. And you, she has this underlying feeling of like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So she knows what's going to happen, whether she kills Dryden or not. She knows what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. that makes me wonder, like, what do they have on her? What is, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I hope they pick that up maybe in a book or they'll probably do it. Knowing Lucasfilm, they'll probably do it in a book or a comic book or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Han learns his lesson, shoots first. Yeah, and yeah, which kind of like settles him in in the New Hope. Whatever. They did that subtly. I like that. In I like that he's that. all like, "Oh no, I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy." Yeah. And you're like, "What shoots did you do wrong?" Under the like, table. You know. Yeah, yeah. The classic. I have a really good feeling about this line. <laughs> it's yeah. so great because it's like, "Oh, it's gonna be so bad later." <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, so happy now. Yes. Um. Yeah. So he learns first. He shoots first. Um. I liked how they did that. That was subtle. It wasn't like a big in your face and moment. Somebody chewy in English is like, Oh wow, you shot first. No, I was really afraid. I was really afraid that he was gonna walk over to Tobias and he was gonna be like, You learned well, kid. Always shoot first. <laughs> and then On just die. solo. 
<laughs> oh man, that would have been so bad. Um, so yeah, and then he goes back, and like you said, he gets coaxium from Infosness, which they have like all this coaxium, and they just give him one. I thought that was funny. Here you it's go, like, kid. Hey, here you so yeah, nice. the man who's responsible for all of this. Yeah, and then yeah, and then she references like, hey, this is gonna fuel both like in a financial yeah. and literal way. Like this is gonna fuel a rebellion. I didn't like and that. Like, what did you think about that? I don't know, cause I, I didn't like because they did, they were very heavy handed with that stuff in New and Ho- not in New Hope in Rogue One. Yeah, so Rogue One, it, it's different. I think yeah. I think it's different. So Rogue One, you're like when you see them carrying the little Death Star plans mm-hmm. like all the way through that hallway mm-hmm. and you really get, that's like the coolest Vader scene. <laughs> he oh, uses every amazing. ability that he has. It's amazing. Um, that's a very direct, like, I see how this played into the rebellion. Yeah. But I, I think what I like about this with Infant's Nest is like, you don't really see her later mm-hmm. uh, in the original trilogy. So it's not like they're saying like, oh, Han Solo made it to where this main character in the original trilogy can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but... I feel like if you do have a rebellion like that, they handle it well because it's not just like um, w- well-defined republic and well-defined rebellion and like a main rebel sure. and like we're going to do this. You know what I mean? It, it's really like a rebellion that would have to take place on that big of a scale. It would be a lot of people in a lot of places all over the galaxy mm-hmm. that are all trying to help. And so it it, it, it actually would have been weird if there's a rebellion going on in the galaxy and they don't reference it. That's true. Because then it'd be like, man, is it really that big of a deal, you know? Mm -hmm. So it it seems subtle enough to where it's like, hey, this is the only... It's not like, hey, this is the only way the rebellion survives. But it's like, hey, it worked out well for us, and so it will positively influence the rebellion in some way. Okay. So I think it's... I think the reason I had a problem with it is it's like... Because it was Rogue One and super heavy-handed with it. Mm -hmm. The Last Jedi was really heavy-handed with it at the end. Extremely. Mm -hmm. And then this... This wasn't heavy-handed with it at all, but that little reference, I'm like, uh, it just seems yeah. like they're turning Star Wars into the thing that's all about rebellion, and I feel yeah. like it's more than that. Yeah, because I, I thought they were going to lean more into, with 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 Solo, where Rogue One was all about hope, yeah. and it's like, we don't have anybody in The Last Jedi, uh-huh. where, 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 or yeah, where it's like, we have nobody left, but we yeah. have hope. For sure. Uh, I thought... Solo is going to be more never tell me the odds. Like they, yeah. they mentioned, I'm luck. glad they never said that. They the mentioned movie. luck and risk the yeah. entire movie mm-hmm. where he's like, Oh, that's like, it's like, there's too much risk. I like mm-hmm. the risk sort of thing. And it, it, it always plays with like probability, luck, yeah. odds, risk. And I thought that was kind of going to be the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they end on this hopeful note, like, yeah. like those other movies. And you're like, well, that's not really Han Solo. He's, yeah. he's never told me the odds. Cause I'm going to try anyway and take the risk. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. So then the movie ends with Han Solo finding Lando, who's wearing a freaking like Hawaiian shirt <laughs> in Star Wars. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's an amazing thing, um, and he plays cards for him again with him again. Wins the Millennium Falcon this time mm-hmm. because he steals his like Redem- whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah he steals his card because he's he, Lando's a little cheater, um, and he gets the Millennium Falcon. And then it ends with Han and Chewie and the. Falcon for the last time. Going to see some big gangster. Yeah, some big gangster. Tatooine. Right. And Han's wearing a vest. I don't know if you saw that, but he's wearing a vest at the end. Yeah. With like a black shirt underneath, which I thought was really cool. Um but yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. Yeah. I don't know where it would land. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they're gonna pick it up. I don't know what 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 story threads they're gonna do. Lucasfilm still feels to me like they're finding their feet in how they want to tell these stories. Kind of like Marvel in the first yeah, couple well, of years. Yeah, because Lucasfilm went from 
we just made three movies yeah to oh we have a long time to make three more movies mm-hmm. and then oh we had a long time to make another movie mm-hmm. and now paired up with disney it's like we're gonna make one a year yeah and it's everything all the timelines and like milestones are probably really crunched where they're uh-huh. like wait we, w- we don't have any time to think about this it has to be good <laughs> yeah i'm 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 interested to see where this goes um yeah i'm excited I'm excited for the future. They'll, honestly, they'll probably wrap up some of this stuff in a book. Mm-hmm. They've already put out two Han Solo books like right before this came out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And this this movie is doing good at the box office in terms of just a regular movie. But for a Star Wars it's movie, not, it's kind of yeah. underselling. So Which I think I they were know. kind of expecting. I Yeah. I mean, they just okay. released the movie six months ago. It wasn't the best received movie yeah. like they, by yeah. a wide audience. And, um, and there has to be, especially, you know, it was up against Jumanji. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there has to be some transition between like absolute blockbuster $2 billion sure. movie to standalones sure. that are this just This felt like it could have been a TV show and I would have loved it. Oh, yeah. Like if they if they made this a uh, like, like a 10 part series. Yeah, 10 like part that. series. Like it, I would have loved it. And cool. I hope that they, I like TV a lot and they have this new live action TV series that they just announced. So I'm hoping they start steering more towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, this has been our analysis of Solo.